finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Lord, do pray for those on their way back traveling from Michigan today, Brother Joe, that you'd get them down there safely. Uh, Lord, he's got, uh, there's about 14, uh, Sarah Kaiser's also driving this. You put your angel about the fenders of those vehicles, Lord, one on each one. Get them here safely. I heard there's some snow in the area. Don't know how much they got, Lord, but uh, just get them home safely today. And Father, again, uh, bless this message, bless the service this morning. Lord, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray today it would be a good day, Lord, that they would trust you. Uh, Lord, for the rest of us, uh, help us to have more confidence in you. As time starts uh, growing closer and closer of your return, uh, Lord, the, the pressures are going to get greater and greater. Just uh, help us to endure those pressures. And Father, we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, last week, I preached a message on uh, Jesus. Jesus saves. Yeah, look at that, man. This is a little note right here. I don't know whether somebody's trying to tell me something or just the messages. But anyways, I preached a message last week, and uh, he, Jesus had a good witness uh, before Pilate. And uh, Easter, or Resurrection Sunday's coming up here in a couple Sundays. Uh, and I, so I'm going to try to keep the messages on Jesus Christ for the next couple of weeks. I think there's nothing better to preach than Jesus Christ. Uh, I got a little note here in my, this message. It says, a thousand times in history, a baby became a king. But only once in history did a king become a baby. Uh, the title of this message is, is, Consider Him. The last verse there says, For considered him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself. Take your Bible real quick. Go to Ezekiel chapter 28. One hand and then uh, Revelation 4 in the other. Ezekiel 28. Now you got you to think about Jesus Christ for a few minutes before, uh, before he came and was born of a little baby. Uh, he lived in a place that was uh, much, much, much different than where we are at today. Uh, he's talking about Satan here, and he goes, uh, Thou art, verse 13, he goes, 28, 13. He goes, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, the, and the gold, the workman, workmanship of, of the, thy tabrets. That's why music is so dangerous. And of thy pipes were prepared in thee. He's the king of music. Uh, they always said Elvis Presley was that, but he's not, man. It's, Satan is. In the day that, uh, that, in the day that thou uh, was created, thou art the anointed cherub that covered that I have set thee so. That thou was, uh, he goes, uh, so thou was upon the holy mountain of God, uh, which he walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways. Uh, and it goes on and on and on and on. He says, I will cast thee out of the mountain. Go over to, over to uh, Revelation chapter 4. I just want to establish one little thing here real quick. Revelation 4, 2. It says, and immediately when Paul, uh, John was sitting there and he, he got this revelation. Uh, after chapter 3, it says, and after this I looked and behold, a door was open. So uh, it's a picture of the rapture. Verse 2 it says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he that sat on it was looked upon as jasper and sardis stones. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like an emerald. Back, back to Hebrews, uh, Jesus Christ, where he came from, was a perfect place. Uh, it wasn't anything like anything on this planet. You go to these uh, amusement parks, and I've been in a couple of them. Late at night, they'll have lights all through the park, and everybody goes, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. That has nothing to do, that doesn't even compare to, to heaven. That doesn't even begin to compare. What the earth does is give us a cheap imitation 
Uh, you see big cities. I mean, I like being out to sea at night, and you pull into some of these big cities, and the lights you can see them for miles away, and they get brighter and brighter and brighter as you come. But that's a cheap imitation. It takes a lot of money to run those things, by the way. Uh, heaven doesn't cost a thing. Heaven's cheap. It's free. Uh, but Jesus is the only king that ever became a baby. And, and that verse says, For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners. Have you ever thought about what Jesus Christ had to do and what he did to come down here? He left his throne in heaven above. Perfect angels all adored him. We sang that song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Lord, wait a minute, where's that song, book? Has he got one here somewhere? You look at that song. That's a great song, 70. Y'all don't have to turn there. It's almost like going through your Bible, man. These, these songs are unbelievable. And they, they were written at a time where music was, was special. Uh, the music today is not special. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee. Uh, you, you, do you get the picture here? Jesus Christ is adored. He's considered holy. Holy, 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 the dark, all, uh, though the darkness hide thee. Uh, you, can't, you can't hide him anyways. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. As you read that song through there, God is holy. Christ is holy, and he came to a place that was fallen. Have you ever considered the contradiction against him by sinners? Have you ever thought about that thing? He says, for consider him that endureth. He endured the contradiction of sinners. Michael and Gabriel couldn't deal with it. They would kill everybody, man. If God didn't stop me, he, I remember up on Abraham. Abraham's up on the side of the mountain, and, and he's sitting there chilling out on the cool of the day, sitting in his tent door, and he looks up, and here comes three people, and one of them's the Lord Jesus Christ incarnate, pre-incarnate, and the other two are Mike. It has to be Michael and Gabriel. And he sends them down, the Lord sends them down to Sodom and Gomorrah, and they wipe the place out. Uh, you know, an angel don't really care. David numbered the people one time. Lord sent an angel in there, and he, he said, you got a choice. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn myself over to the Lord. The Lord does whatever he wants. The Lord gave him three days of pestilence. And really what that was was an angel coming in and just started killing everybody. And finally, the Lord stopped the angel right at the, the floor uh, where he's going to have his temple built. And David got that thing right, bought that floor, and the next thing you know, everything's cool, and they're back. I think it was 75, 80,000 people died before that angel got done. And it only took him a few minutes. Have you ever considered, considered such contradictions of sinners? Do you know that what we have done to him is unbelievable? Pilate is sitting there looking at him the other day, and, and uh, last Sunday he was looking at him. Uh, 2,000 years ago he was looking at him. And he goes, what is truth? And he walks away. And so many times we do the exact same thing. We have it, we know it, we see it, and we walk right away from it. Uh, Jesus Christ suffered contradiction. He endured contradiction from sinners. He endured contradiction from what he created. He left a home. When he made Adam and Eve and put the earth down here, and the earth was perfect when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and they sinned, it's been 4,000 years since the Garden of Eden. It's a mess. He comes down here, Matthew 4, 1 says, Then Jesus was led up in the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he afterward were hungered. He had to deal with heat. The Lord had to come down. Now, to you and me, that doesn't matter a lot. But in heaven, he had no issues. Nothing was out of place. Nothing was wrong. Everything was perfect. 
He had to be born of a woman, a little baby, had to come up and be grown, had grow through life. Uh, me and Andrew was talking yesterday. We had a bunch of people. We were just sitting there talking. And he goes, you old people. And he mentioned it, which is true. He said, you old people uh, think that everything was good in the old days, and, but we're living in these new days. Well, you are living in these new days. And I feel sorry for you living in these new days. Uh, your new days and my new days, my new days were bad too. Yours is worse. Uh, but that's okay. You got to still get through the thing somehow. But Jesus was exposed to every bit of that. And he was holy, 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 pure, clean, not like us. It's kind of hard for us to even understand it. But he, in, he endured the contradiction of sinners so that he could come down here and get a job done. He had to deal with heat all day long, cold at night, in the flesh. I mean, could you imagine that? Never experiencing that ever before. And then all of a sudden he's born and he lives 30 years and he starts a ministry and as he's going through life, even in the carpenter shop, man, I can imagine all the things he was going through. Feeling new things that never was before that you and I would take for granted because that's just the way we're, we're living in a fallen world. He came to a fallen world from a perfect environment. As a matter of fact, he's the creator of the perfect environment. Could you imagine dust sticking to his feet? His creation. I tell you what, in heaven you don't have that problem. You can walk in heaven all day long and never get dirty. He walks down here in his creation. I wonder if mosquitoes bit him. Flies hanging around. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. I don't know. But his creation, he had to endure the contradiction of sinners. You know why that happened? Because Adam and Eve ate a piece of fruit they shouldn't have ate. And now he has to come and correct the problem. He has to endure the contradiction from sinners from the creatures he created. Us. Brethren, John 10, 31 says, I and my father are one. They denied his deity. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Now, I'm thinking, I'm talking about when Peter is standing before Pilate. I'm sitting there looking. Paul's sitting there talking how he, he had to endure the contradiction of sinners. Paul says, if you don't watch out, he says, you, you will faint. You know what the Lord's doing? He's showing you a way not to faint, not to faint. Many people have fainted. They, they've, Brother Joe told me about somebody that fainted the other day. I didn't faint. They just went away. Uh, old time preacher, been preaching for years, just quit. Uh, I'm like, how do you do that? Uh, the only way I could ever do that is the Lord have to tell me to quit. And he has never done that yet, so I have to keep going. You know how I was telling him in Sunday school about being a Bible believer. The Bible is a simple book. You either believe it or you don't. It isn't up for debate. There's no debate to me about this book. There's no debate. Here it is right here. You do what it says or you don't. If you don't do what it says and it works out okay, then you got lucky. If you don't do what it says and it's a mess, that's your problem. If you do what it says and it don't work out, well, can't win them all. <laughs> but it isn't always going to work out. Look at this. You would think, you'd say, well, it didn't work out for Jesus. Oh, yeah, it did. It says, wait, I'll go, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Then the Jews took up stones to stone him. His creation. Because he said, I and my father are one, his creation. The people he created took up stones to kill him. Jesus answered and said, many good works have I done. Have I showed unto you from my father? For which of them do you stone me? Listen to the answer of these people. The Jews answered him saying, for a good work, we stone thee not. Well, you would think for just a second that if you gave a good work, that, and we can't do that good work, that you are probably somebody that isn't like us. Maybe you are the Son of God, but no, 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 no. They're so stuck in their ways, they won't change. And they're getting ready to stone him because he said it. He said, uh, 
we, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou being a man, makest thyself God. The creature, the creatures that he created, he had to endure contradiction from them. And speaking against his sonship, John 19, 7, they said this. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Jesus had to endure. Could you imagine a holy God and we, you, you reject him? And at the white throne judgment, he's going to look at us and, or whoever has rejected him. There's going to be no mercy. Zero mercy. He said, I gave you mercy while you lived. And, I, and he said, you have lost that the moment you die. I'll tell you what, I'm waiting for the rapture. You say, why would you wait for the rapture? Because I get out of this place. This place is crazy. It is an insane asylum run by, I heard Dr. Roman say that 40-something years ago. And it is worse today than it was back then. I thought Dr. Roman was crazy when he was 70. Man, I tell you what, that, he would be insane today. The compassion he, he, against his officers. They mocked him as king. They put a, put a uh, saying above the, the king of the Jews. Behold, the king of the Jews. They, they denied him as a prophet. They said he wasn't a prophet. He did more things he had to endure. I'm talking about Jesus, what he had to endure. To get to that cross so that you and I could have an opportunity to get to heaven. Brother, I'm telling you what, you, one of these days we're going to get to heaven and you're going to see, the, us, the saved ones are going to get to heaven and they're going to see what he had done. We're already going to know. The moment you, you get out of here, you're going to know exactly what he did for you. And it is going to boggle your mind. You're going to, it's, what he went through to get us to that place, it said, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. The compassion. He had to endure people getting mad at him for the compassion that he had of sinners. He, we sit there and go to the hospital, and we'll sit there and look at a doctor and praise the doctor for doing something for us. And Jesus Christ could do the same thing, and we won't do it. And we sit there, and we will not give him the praise. We will not give him the honor. We will not give him. We're getting ready for Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is getting ready to go up to the cross. He had to endure. Him looking at Pilate, he had to endure everything at the hands of Pilate. Like a man. Pilate said, behold the man. I tell you what, that's a man right there. Uh, I, I seen a guy one time smash his finger on a roof at a house, and Beth was over there, and she got all mad at him. He was a roofer. Surely you smashed your finger before. And he come down off that roof, and Beth was telling him to get back up on that roof and finish the job. I thought, man, if she ever gets mad at me, I'm going to be in trouble. Uh, but, I mean, it, you would think that a worker would work. Not anymore. They, I mean, we're looking for any reason to go home and just sit in front of the TV set. He Look at what King Jesus had to suffer. It says he endured contradiction. Paul said that. You're the greatest Christian ever lived said Jesus endured it. There's a reason why he endured it. He healed people. The works of mercy, they, they complained because he healed somebody on a Sabbath. What's wrong with that? I don't have a problem. Heal them any day of the week. It's good. Why wouldn't you see the, the glory in what God just did and see the glory and not the day? You know what people do? They're looking for a reason. Most people today are looking for a reason to get mad. They're just looking for a reason. Jesus gave them every reason you could want. I love him, man. I think he does a great job. Uh, he finds a day that irritates them to no end, and he, he does everything on that day. I think that's great. It's his day anyways. Could you, under, could you believe that it was his day? He's the one that told him to honor the Sabbath. It's my day. But they never recognize him. I mentioned that in Sunday school day about being a Bible believer. How could you possibly ever get to the place where you believe him if you don't believe that book's the word of God? 
How could you ever get to the place, or we could ever get to the place where we change our lives if we don't really believe that thing is the Word of God? This thing says things I don't want to do, but it still says it. You know what I got to do? I got to do it. I like that prayer book I've been handing out, man. Right there in the front of that thing is, I think, the first chapter. He sits there, or a couple chapters, he's sitting there talking about, uh, he said, God would never command you to do something that you can't do. There's not a commandment in that Bible that he's asked you to do that you cannot do. The question is, will you do it? And it'll change your life, but most people won't do it. The creatures, the creatures he uh, created, the compassion he displayed, they hated it. His works on the body of men. Man, he used to heal people left and right on the Sabbath day. He convinced, how about his conversation with sinners? Boy, I'm sure glad he had a conversation with me one day. I remember being lost, walking down the street, lost, driving down the road, lost, just sitting there. And it's like he was sitting there, somebody was talking to me, and I didn't know who it was talking, and putting thoughts into my head. And you said, boy, they put some really strange ones. Probably did, but he still did it. And one night I sit there and wake up in the middle of the night, and I go out on the back porch, and I sit there and look up at the sky, and I just cry out, and I get saved. And you say, what is it? Boy, I'm sure glad. I remember that lady by the well Jesus had to run his disciples off because he knew they were going to do nothing that caused trouble. You know what most of us do is cause trouble? If you can't add to somebody, witness them to somebody, leave. And give them an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Number two, when somebody gets saved, shut up and give them a chance to grow. So many times we expect them to be like this, 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 this. I've had people come, well, you need to tell them to do this and this and this and this. and I ain't going to tell nobody to do nothing. I'm going to leave them alone. I've watched people cut their hair. I cut my hair. Nobody had to tell me about cutting my hair. I can't even remember anybody telling me to cut my hair. My hair used to be real long. Nobody told me to cut it. I just cut it. Then I joined the Navy, and they finished it. <laughs> it's never been the same since. Nobody had to tell me to wear suits and ties. I've had people say, you know, Mike, they say that Anchor Baptist Church, you can't come here unless you wear suits and ties. Hmm, Really? I'm looking around the room today. I don't see all these suits and ties that everybody says. I see some, but I, I can't remember. What I, you can't. We don't have a, a sign on the door out there. Uh, sh- no shoes, no shirt, no suits, no ties. You can't enter. We don't have that. You can come in anytime you want. I do think if you're going to be up here preaching, you ought to have a shirt and a tie on. If you're going to be song leading, you ought to. Unless there's certain cases where in a, in a crunch, we might change that. There's always an exception to the rule. You can't make a rule so steadfast that you can't change it. His miracles. Man, can you believe his miracles? They, he had to endure. Could you imagine God having to endure you? I can't even imagine him enduring me. I'm sitting there. He does stuff, and I'm sitting there jealous. Why can't I do that? I don't believe he's really. He's, I mean, he sits there and raises people from the dead. That's pretty impressive. Only nobody's ever been able to. He brings. Uh, you, uh, here's a man sitting there. He's been blind since his birth. And he gives him his eyesight back. And the guy just logically says, has anybody ever done this before that you can ever remember? No. Then maybe he's something special. Could you imagine God being, he's not like the angels, but he's gracious and long-suffering. What a blessing. His miracles, Matthew 12, 24, this is what the Pharisee says. But when they heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub. They, they, they attribute it to the devil. They agree that the devil's there, but they will not agree the God's there. And the God that it created them is standing right in front of them. Boy, I, aren't you glad he just didn't go poof yeah. to every time we do something stupid, poof, you're gone. Yeah. And he gives you a break. 
The compassion. The compassion. For considered him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Have you ever considered what Jesus Christ did for you? There's a reason why he did it. The last part of, uh, in Hebrews there in verse 3, it says, For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, uh, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. You know why he showed you all the stuff he had to put up with? Because we have to put up with stuff too. You know, have you ever been around somebody that is just so messed up that you know they're so messed up and you don't even see how you can ever help them in a million years? And you just figure it would be easier just to shoot them or to send them away and just scurry them away and get away from me and leave me alone? Uh, the Lord had to deal with me on a ship like that. I had to sit there several times. There's several people. And a lot of those guys have gotten saved since then. And I sit there getting mad because you try and 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 they frustrate you. And he said, lest ye faint in your mind. You know why he stood in front of Pilate and did what he did? Because he knew that Pilate was going to send him to the cross. He had to go to the cross. He already knew that. But he never got mad at Pilate. He never got upset with Pilate. We're talking about a man named Jesus Christ that was beat beyond recognition. Blood, he had a crown of thorns on his head, never said a negative thing to any one of those out of context. Not one. I, I wish I could be that way. I'm just not that way. Jesus Christ wasn't that way. He was a calm person. The contradiction serves as a greater purpose. Why? So it can show you how to get through this world. But it shows you what kind of savior we got. I read a few verses earlier about what he came from. Guess what? He went back to that, and that's where he's at right now. And he will never, ever, ever allow that to happen to him again. The next time he comes back, he's going to be on a white horse. And he is going to be very mad. And he's going to solve some problems that will never be happening again. And people will still be hiding away from him instead of getting the thing right. You know what's wrong with us? Only by pride cometh contention. I love that verse. I use that in witnessing all the time. You know why somebody will not get saved? Because of pride. And I, I look at them. If I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, hey, uh, let me ask you a question here. And almost, I don't think I've ever had this not answered the right way. Is the issue between me and you? And they will look at me and say, no. And I've been doing this for 40 years. I said, then the issue is between you and God. And they go, Yes. I just said, does God have a pride problem? And they go, no. I said, well, if only by pride cometh contention, who has the problem? And they go, me. 100% of the time, that's the way that thing is answered. And you say, why is that? Because we have to understand that he's always right, and we're always wrong unless we agree with him. He, he, him, he beareth our sins. He contradicts the contradictions of sinners, the contradiction of sinners, lest ye be weary and faint in your own mind. You know what's wrong with most people is they get weary of well-doing. They get weary of doing things, doing right, doing right, doing right. The hardest thing you'll ever do is Bob Jones Sr. said, do right, do right. The, two, the greatest two words in the English language is do right, do right, do right. It's easier to do wrong than to do right. And then we think we can just say, oh, Lord, forgive us, and it doesn't quite work that way. A captain on the ship told me one time, he said, Mike, all you got to do is do it. He's Catholic. He knew I was Catholic. What's an amazing thing. Don't think that they don't know what you were or are right now. They know. He knew my background. He said, you are Catholic. You used to be Catholic. 
He goes, all you got to do is do this, 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 and on Saturday you can go to confession, and on Sunday you can go to communion, and it's all under the, it's covered. I said, no, it's not. I said, you cannot sin against God willfully like that and get away with it. And uh, that, that guy shut his mouth. Full barrel said, shut up, and looked the other way, and said, Mm-mm, you ain't going to touch me. 1 Peter 2.24 says this. Who, who his own self bear our sins. Can you believe that? You're standing there looking at Pilate. In his own body, on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes you are, you are healed. He endured the contradiction of sinners against him. That's contrary to his nature. Everything was against him, and he still went right on through it. He's, on, he's the only one who could do it. The con- contradiction serves a greater purpose, for it allows us to, to get through this thing. It allows the contradiction of sinners, the, since the contradiction of sinners was against him, uh, it, sometimes it was against his disciples. You know, sometimes he uses you and me. The devil will come at you and me to get to Jesus Christ, a contradiction. He used his disciples. And he, would, he looked at Peter one day and said, get behind me, Satan. Satan used him. Lord looked right at him one day and said, Peter, Satan desires to sift thee as wheat. You don't think he wants to do that to us today? Same exact thing. He never stops. The pressures that you are under today, if you're in this room and you have pressures on you, it's because Satan is putting them things on you, and he's trying to crush you, and you just say, I can't, I'm not going to do it. The Lord's already showed you how to get through it. This world is not my home. If you're making this thing your home, and you're trying to live in this thing called the earth, you're in the wrong place. You don't belong here. A lost person belongs here. A saved person, is, you, you gave up your right for this place when you t- trusted Jesus Christ. He, inter- he introduced, but here, man, I, I missed something here, but here it immediately, man, I mean, everybody was against him. Sinners, the religious leaders were against him. The common people were against him. Some of the vilest sinners, everybody was against him. Herod's men of war was against him. Standing there at the cross, everybody was against him, and he still endured contradiction of sinners toward us. Why? I just mentioned the thing. I made, a, I made a little note here to myself. He was not born in a mansion, but a manger. And, and we need to re- remember that. The God of this universe never was born in a mansion. He was born in a manger. He wasn't born as a prince. He was born as a pauper. Yet we strive. Don't you think we're striving for the wrong things? Uh, if, if we're trying to get ahead in this world, when this world is going to end and everything we have is going to end. He was not educated in a college, but in a carpenter shop. That means you ought to get a, get a trade, probably, young men. Get something that you can make some money at, because he did his whole life. He didn't die in a castle, but he died on a cross. Why? Because it says in Hebrews 12:1, Wherefore, seeing we also have compa- uh, we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, and sin would thus easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We're not supposed to look at anything on this world. You got a problem today? I'm going to tell you what you do. You look at Jesus. You say, Lord, I need help. Lord, I need help. Lord, I need help. Lord, I need help. The most dangerous place you'll ever be in life is in a place where you think you have control of it. You never have control. Never have control. I never heard Dr. Rutman ever say he had control. I never had heard some of the greatest preachers I ever heard in my life. Jack Howells, I never heard him say he had control. They, they, these men just didn't do it. 
You know what they got to a lesser roll off? None of them. When they got to a place, they knew that God is, it's about God, it's not about me. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy. You know what he's seen and why he went through everything is he had a joy that was set before him because he knew after that cross it was done for him. It's something set before him. You know what's before us? There's a joy set before us. There's a, there's a heavenly joy that's set before us that sometimes this world has a taint in our lives. A marriage, a marriage is a picture of that. If you get a good one, I mean, it, it is a perfect picture of that. One of these days, I'm going to go home, and I still haven't figured that thing out. Uh, I think the devil's trying to mess it all up, but I'm the bride of Christ. I haven't figured that one out yet. And one of these days when I get to just the term, the, the label, I don't know what we're going to be doing in heaven. I don't know. He says, but who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's us. You know what was before him? A doorway that was going to be open in heaven that anybody could walk through at any time they want to walk through it. That never was open before. A doorway was open. Despising the shame. He endured contradictions of sinners. You ever read Psalm 53? He was, he was uh, died on the cross between two thieves, the God of this world. He was spit on. He was, he was beat. He was everything mocked. Everything was done to him that you could possibly do, and he endured every bit of that. You know what he's showing you? That you can too. Guess what's going to happen to us if you do the right thing? That stuff, all that stuff won't happen necessarily to us. Well, I'll tell you what, over 43 years, I've had a lot of stuff happen to me. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, it's still happening. And I'm okay with that. I said, you know why? Because I watched you do it. And if you did it, then there's a way for me to do it. There had no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. We will not suffer him to be tempted with that he is able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that he may bear it. You can do it. I can do it. I can get through this world. Guess what? I'm going to know. Sinners won't like me. But they still need to hear about what I got to say. Sinners will not like you. But they still need to hear what you have to say. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He shed his blood for sinners. He was buried and he rose again the third day. That is the gospel. And Romans says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, they still need to hear that. Whether they get mad at you or not. You know what Jesus did? He endured contradiction of sinners and still got the message across that we are lost and need to get saved. Let me ask you a question. Are you in here today? Do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? I got a Bible that sits here and says that, that you may know you have eternal life. Some can know it. Some won't. I know it. You say, how do I know it? Because I got a book that says it. You say, can you prove it? Can't prove it. I got a book that says it. You just believe that? I just believe that. You say, why do you believe that? Because he said it. Why do you think he said it? Because I believe that this book, a King James 1611 authorized version, is his Bible that he wrote for us today. This is it. On the planet, this is it. What about he? I don't care about Hebrew. I don't care about Greek. I don't care about, I don't care about no other language on the face of this planet. Every Bible, everybody on the face of the planet, if they wanted the Word of God, it would come right out of King James 100%. That's 100% accurate, 100%. Don't have a problem with it. If he said it, you know, all you got to do is trust it. Yeah. There's where the problem lies. Amen. It isn't what it says. It's trusting what he said. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm done. I don't have anything else to trust. What are you trusting? He endured everything he did Sinners, he, the contradiction of sinners against him. They said everything they could possibly say about him, and he endured it to get to the cross, to open up a door, to have a book written in 1611. Beth told me the other day that King James died 1530-something, 
1630-something? He, he wasn't very old when he died. The only purpose he had in life was to authorize a book being finished, which is a King James Bible. And he got the thing done, and he died. And 400 years later, actually 400-something 400 years later, we're still reading a book that will change your life if you'll let it. And you know what, we're getting ready for a, they're going to have a holiday, the world's going to have a holiday, and they're all going to say that Easter, 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 Easter was a pagan holiday. Don't get mad at me, that's just facts. That's what the Bible says. Again, are you a Bible believer or not? There's nothing in here. I tell you all the time, man, they'll have an Easter egg hunt. Somebody will. Uh, they'll, they'll bring me an Easter egg and I'll eat the jelly beans. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I got a Bible that sits here and it tells me everything. And it tells me that my Lord stood and took some things that sinners put on him. And he came from a holy, clean, pure place. And he went back to a holy, clean, pure place. And he's trying to get us into that holy, clean, pure place. And today, if you're in here and you're lost, you're, you need to get into that place. And the only way you can do that is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in here today and you've got troubles going on and the world's falling apart, I'm going to tell you who you need to do. You need to grab a hold of Jesus Christ because he said, lest ye faint. The one thing you don't want to do is faint. It's too close to the end. Brother, I'm telling you what, it's way, way too close. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. It's too close to the end. Uh, you say, well, what happens if it doesn't come today? Well, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. And if it don't come tomorrow, well, tomorrow I'll do what I'm supposed to do tomorrow, and, and then I'll do something the next day. And if it don't come the next day, I'm just going to get up and do something the next day. And I'm going to keep telling myself to just do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Why? Because he's coming back soon. And he's mad. And he's not the same one. He's not the little Irish guy with long hair and blue eyes. That's not him. He's got some flaming fires coming out of his eyeballs and stuff, and he's going to take out a bunch of stuff. Well, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be on the backside of him, watching him do what he does. And I'm going to be shouting and screaming that day. I know I am. I know I am. You won't hear me because everybody else will be shouting and screaming too. And we'll all have our own horses, and we'll all be fine. Uh, I don't have to worry about kids or anything else. God's got all that worked out. But if you're lost, you're missing it. And if you're worried about what's going on in this world, you're missing it. You don't have to worry about what's happening in China. You don't have to worry about what's happening in Russia, Ukraine, Israel. I don't care where it's at. You know, Australia, somebody said Australia don't exist because uh, it's a flat earth, so it can't exist. Uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, I guess they keep telling us to come over so we'll fall off and go off the edge. I have no idea, but you know what I know? I don't care about none of that stuff. What I care about is what I'm going to do this afternoon. I'm going to go home. It's 2.02. I'm trying to, man, it's too early. I need to keep going for a while. It's too early. Brethren, you know what we need is Jesus Christ, and that's it. He endured everything for us. Can we not endure something for him? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for a Bible that we can hold in front of our hands. Thank you that you went through what you did. You, you uh, endured the contradiction of sinners against yourself. But Lord, you've seen the greater good that was going to come out of it that um, nobody else could see. And, Lord, uh, the day you died on that cross and uh, you went to a place called hell to drop off our sins. And, Lord, you went over to Abraham's bosom. You waited three days, three nights. You came up out of the ground and you ascended into heaven. Uh, Lord, never to be like you were in those 33 years that you lived on this planet. Uh, Lord, you are now King of King and Lord of Lords. And, Father, we have uh, total, I have total confidence, Lord, that uh, you will keep what we committed unto you. Lord, if there's anyone in here today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I'd pray that you'd keep touching their heart and, and tugging on it, Lord. 
Lord, I know there's some people in here that's today, Lord, that has just issues in life uh, that sometimes seems more than they can bear. Uh, but Lord, you, you went through those things in your life, and Lord, uh, maybe different scenarios, but you bore them and, and got through them, and you showed us how to do it. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to get a little bit closer to you, that we could bear the, the burdens that are placed on us. Lord, again, thank you for what you did at Calvary 2,000 years ago. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. song shall live 
Thank you for the day, Lord. Thank you for the message in which we heard. Lord, I just thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace.